This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's talk about a couple of tech trends. No, I'm not going to play a sounder from ABC News. We're going to bring in Sean Price of Double Tap to talk about a couple emerging trends in big tech. And of course, as mentioned, Sean is one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find weekdays at noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. Hey, Sean, how are you, sir? I'm very well, Dave. How are you? I am doing well myself. Sean, Google has gotten in to the virtual private network game through Google One. Now, a virtual private network allows folks to surf the web a little more anonymously by switching up their IP addresses and offering a little bit of extra, let's call it geolocation protection. John, what do you, Sean, what do you think Google is going to do to make their VPN stand out from the rest? Ooh, man, that's an interest. I wasn't expecting that. You throw me under the bus with that one, Dave. My you apolo- little monkey. Well, no. So let me let, let me fur- let me further elaborate because I threw I did throw you under the bus. My apologies on this. No, no, one. I like it. Well, I just I, I wasn't going to ask you what's a VPN. I know what a VPN is. I can easily describe what a VPN is. So and let's you just did. Well, I thought I did pretty well for for a tech well luddite like myself. But but Sean, I think about this because there are a litany of VPNs out there, but they tend to be smaller companies or companies that I've never heard of whereas when you put google in front of it it makes me think hmm, maybe that's a company that i am willing to trust with my vpn needs absolutely right and that is a really good question what does it bring that's new you know a big name like google apple of course added their vpn uh, they didn't call it a vpn it's apple they had to come up with something else relay relay one or whatever they called it but it's fine uh so yes the google vpn well, interestingly, and the reason I like to talk about VPNs is because we've been told for so long that, you know, it's all about security. They're a good thing. They, they, they prevent, basically encrypts all the data that's coming from your computer or your device to the outside world. It's encrypted. No one in the middle. Uh, it stops those man in the middle attacks. So no one can modify the data that's coming through. Any data that they get in between the two, you know, two endpoints is encrypted, so they can't do anything with it. So fantastic. That's what it used to be. Uh, that's how it, it's always been said. The VPN is for security, and, and they're absolutely right. Um, but I'm going to get back to that in just a second. When it comes to Google, they're offering exactly the same, but they are offering their incredible server and hardware muscle. Mm. Now, a thing with a VPN is that the data is encrypted at both ends. And basically, you're connected to one computer, which then you you get all your internet needs from, and it's funneled back to you. But because of that, there is some lag. It's a lot slower when you're think, you know browsing or mm. doing trying mm. to stream video, anything like that, because it's being decrypted and it's coming through a third-party computer. So it's slower. With with Google, apparently, you know, because of their network expertise. Um, it's incredibly fast. It's, it's like you don't really notice the the layer that you're going through. So it's just like your normal browsing, which is a big deal, uh, you know, depending on what you're doing. If, like I say, you know, we, we use so much high bandwidth browsing now with video and high quality oh, yeah. audio. That oh, is, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an important thing. So that's something that Google can offer. 
But interesting, one thing that they are lacking, and one of the most, I think, used benefits of a VPN other than security and encryption, is that with a VPN, you can say, okay, tell the outside internet that I'm actually not, in my case, in the UK, or in your case, in Canada, but I'm in Spain, or I'm in France, or I'm in China, wherever else I want to be. Uh, and, and then from the outside world, it looks like you're browsing from that location. Um, to be honest, most people use that to get around geofencing for things like mm -hmm, Netflix or mm -hmm. Disney Plus, meaning you can see films you know, that come out sooner in other parts of the world. Um, but Google are not offering that. They, they've left that out of their VPN service. I feel that was quite interesting. But um, yes, I think the main thing to take away is what, what does Google offer to this VPN world is, quite frankly, their massive amount of hardware and network, network expertise. Browsing on a VPN yeah. from Google, it's going to be great. I, I find that so interesting, Sean, that that's the differentiation point they want to create because I think that's one of the, the differentiation points that a lot of people like their VPN for. But if you're Google, you sort of see yourself as this upstanding digital citizen and you don't want to <laughs> give people the opportunity to do that. That's because, debatable. Because, well, <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. But in their yes. minds, they see themselves as one of like these leaders who wants to back yes. up the Netflixes and the Amazons and the DAZONs and say, no, 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 we're not going to let people cheat on our VPN, but we're still going to offer people the encryption at a good speed. Absolutely. And another actually a, a really good point is that they are um, they are audited. So they, they give their code, their code is, or their API, so the way that their VPN works and how they encrypt it is open source. So anyone can check it, make sure they're not doing anything nefarious there, not spying on anything, not logging your data as you're browsing on their own servers and uh, and their their VPN service as a whole is audited and they they give the results of that audit so you know developers and security experts can actually check what's going on and and ch uh, audit their VPN and let us know actually okay they are actually doing what they're saying they're doing there's <laughs> nothing strange going on <laughs> yeah. in the background which actually you mentioned earlier about smaller VPNs and, and companies you've never heard of I mean, you do need to put some trust in them because you are sending all your data through them. Yeah. So this, that is a, a good plus point for Google. <laughs> How deep am I going in the dark web uh, when I when I use this VPN? It, it's, it's a worthwhile <laughs> yes. question. It's a worth it's a question worth asking. I wouldn't even know how to get into the dark webs. I, I'm, I don't run in those circles. Uh, Sean, uh, see, no, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, please, please. I just want to quickly say that, that, that everyone keeps saying about security, VPN, VPN. I'm not even convinced you need a VPN now. For, for corporate, for business, for enterprise, yes, it makes absolute sense. But you may notice a, a good time ago, the internet did change. There's so many websites out there now which are secure, HTTPS, meaning they are secure. You'll see a little padlock on the browser address bar, meaning that all the data is encrypted from that website to your device as well. So the need for a VPN, I'm I'm not quite so sure, even though all the companies will still push security, security, if you're in a you know, a Costa Coffee or a Starbucks or whatever it is using public Wi-Fi, make sure you use a VPN, which does have its points, but the internet has changed. So don't mm. feel like you need to rush out and you're, you're, you're vulnerable if you don't use one. That's not necessarily true. What's Costa Coffee? Oh, sorry, is that not a globe? That must be just here. It's uh, it's a Starbucks. I don't know. I don't drink coffee or tea. I'm not a proper adult. Sorry. <laughs> just apple just apple juice for Sean. Just apple uh, juice. Apple yes. juice and cider for Sean. Uh, Sean, 
I, let's talk about another trend emerging in big tech. And this one might sound a little bit semantical. So this one, I will let you define for me. Big tech, big tech companies are encouraging people to move towards pass keys instead of passwords. To me, Sean, that word sounds synonymous. What's the difference? Oh, well, passwords are absolutely terrible, aren't they? That's all of me. Yeah, we all the use the same password for everything. Um, when we, we're trying to use password managers, that's what everyone's trying to use now that generate like a 50 character password full of all these <laughs> weird symbols. And But you've got no chance for remembering it. And the difficulty is, you know, if I create one of those random passwords on my desktop here, when I go to the Apple TV and try and log into Netflix, I, I, the password manager isn't on that Ugh, platform, oh, so I can't it. do it. So I got it's it's an absolute nightmare. Passwords are are just a bad idea when it comes to security, and we've known that for the longest time. And pass keys is apparently going to be the future, and it does seems like it, it it solves a lot of these problems. And more importantly, you mentioned big tech there. Uh, the, the big three tech players are uh, behind it and supporting it. Microsoft. Google and Apple. And once you get those three main platforms in tech involved and saying, yes, we're going to support it, you know, there is actually, it looks like this will take over. So how would you describe a pass key? What, what's included in the types of pass keys somebody might uh, utilize? Okay, so a, a pass key, basically, instead of us thinking of a password, the, the, the devices create it themselves. It's a encrypted it's a crypto key oh so you go okay. to a, you go to a website and you type in your username and instead of typing in a password it will say use a pass key and when you click on that button on your phone uh, you'll get a pop-up and it will create its own pass key as i said it's basically just a massive password you know 100 character or 300 character password and on the website it will create a paired key to that. It's called a public key, and on your phone will be the private key. And uh, basically, you use the biometric data, so the face ID or the fingerprint on your phone mm -hmm. to verify mm -hmm. who you are. Also, it uses Bluetooth to make sure that you're actually in front of your computer. So it uses Bluetooth to make sure, is the phone nearby? So you're not somewhere miles away and, and it's a hacker trying to impersonate you. You need to actually be near the device that's running the website. Mm -hmm. So using those two things, it's, it's able to, basically you, you're not having to worry about what the password is because the device, the website has one password and your device has the other. And when the two meet, because once you unlock your phone with the, the, the face ID or your fingerprint, then it's sure that it's you and you're in front of your computer through the <laughs> Bluetooth proximity. So those two main things, it's, it's almost like the two-factor authentic, uh, authentication where mm -hmm. it's got the website has your telephone number and it sends a code to your phone. You get the code on your phone and then you enter the, uh, the code back into the website. It's the same sort of thing, but it makes it far more secure because there's no codes being sent over unsecure, maybe telephone networks or whatever. Yeah. It's all the Bluetooth next to you and the biometric face ID and fingerprint. Because basically what we're carrying around with us now in our pockets are fingerprint sensors and face recognition yeah. systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why not use them to log into things? So, yeah, it's a really interesting one. And I can't wait until it actually comes through. iOS 16 has it already. You can go in there. 
uh, Google Android has it as a uh, in beta at the moment, I believe. Oh, they've vo- they, they foisted it upon me though in one of my apps on my in my Ontario online uh, sports wagering app. They foisted it upon me. I, I log in with a thumbprint. Foisted it. What? Isn't that good? Isn't that better? I mean, I suppose. It makes it easier. Oh, to, okay. it, makes, it, it, makes, it, it makes it easier to get my wagers in on football games faster. So that, that counts for something. <laughs> yes, but when someone tries to break in and steal all your, obviously, you always win, right? Oh. When they try to take all your winnings, then you'll be happy that they can't because they haven't got your thumb. Yeah, the it's way, a fantastic idea. The way the last couple of weeks have gone, maybe somebody else should be making my bets for me. Uh, Sean, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Have a great day, buddy. You too. Thank you so much. See you later. That is Sean Priest, one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find weekdays, noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.